0: So, now we know that nature study is all about finding the principles of science in nature. But how exactly do you go about doing this? Well, there's two main options, both of which we're going to chat about in the second part of our nature study conference session. Hi, I'm Paige Hudson, and you're listening to the Tips for Homeschool Science Show, where we're breaking down the lofty concepts of science into building blocks you can use in your homeschool. Welcome to another conference session. Just like our other sessions, we'll be breaking this one into 3 easily digested chunks, which we'll share over the rest of the month. At the end of this month, we'll release a full video of the session. In addition to the individual episode posts, we'll have a home for this session's materials at elementalscience.com/blogs/news/nature-study. That's elementalscience.com/blogs with an s/news with an s. Slash nature dash study. Well, with that housekeeping out of the way, let's join the Nature Study, the natural way to learn about science session. So let's take a look at formal nature study. As I said before, a formal nature study is a little bit more structured, so you're gonna have a plan for your nature study. And there's gonna be two components to formal nature study. You're going to have the nature walk and the nature journal. For the nature walk, you are planning a time within your week to head outside. As you go out on this walk, you are looking for something specific. So you're preparing ahead of time questions that you want to ask your students about the topic, and you're kind of gathering a bit of knowledge for yourself beforehand so that you can answer most of the questions that they have. So you'll head out on your nature walk and you will look for something specific, whatever your topic is that week. So you can go to a park, you can go to a hiking trail, you can go to your backyard, you can go to grandma's house for this nature walk. But basically, you're going to be spending, you know, at least 15 minutes looking for this specific topic outside. And then when you find what you're looking for, you're going to stop and observe it and discuss it. And don't be afraid if your kids ask you questions and you don't know the answer because one of the most powerful things we can say to our kids is i don't know let's look it up because we are modeling lifelong learning to our students which after all is part of the reason we homeschool because we want our students to be lifelong learners so don't be afraid to say i don't know it's not a sign of weakness it's not a sign that you don't know enough to teach your kids instead it models lifelong learning that there are times when we won't know everything and what we do is look it up. Thanks to smartphones, that's a lot easier, and we can look things up in the field as long as we have connection. So don't be afraid to say, I don't know. But when you go on your nature walk, this is a walk with purpose. So in a nutshell, your nature walk is a walk with purpose. You're going outside, you're looking for something specific, you're going to find it, observe, discuss, and then you'll head back inside. Or you'll sit there and you'll do the second part, which is your nature journal sheet. So your nature journal can be done in the field or you can head back home to do it, whichever you prefer. But this is a very personal record. So your students are personalizing what they've learned and the key here is to make sure that it's a reflection of what they observed and what they learned when they were out in the field. Because if we do that, then they're more likely to internalize it. Now, that said, even though I want my students' nature journals to be a very personal record of what they've learned, I always ask them to include at least one fact that we discussed about the topic and the date in which we did our nature study. The reason for the one fact is because, well, it is science and we want to make sure that they've taken away at least one fact about the topic that we're observing And then the reason why we add the date is because we can go back and look at our nature journal and see how things have changed through the years. So for instance, we have blueberry bushes in our backyard. Let's say we're doing a nature study for a couple of weeks on different cultivated crops. And so for one particular week, we looked at strawberries and now we're looking at blueberries. And when we go outside for our blueberry nature study, uh, we're observing the plants, we're sharing with our kids a little bit about blueberry bushes and, you know, how tall they grow, what they look like, talking about the bell shape of the flower. And so giving them a little bit about the plant and then they're writing their nature journal sheet. And in that, say, for instance, my student is going to say, blueberry has a bell shaped flower that develops into a fruit. So that's their one fact. And then they're writing, we observed fruit that was ripe and ready to eat on May 15th. So I can go back two, three years from then and say, hey, two years ago, we saw ripe fruit on our plant on May 15th, or two years ago, we saw our blueberry plants flower in the beginning of April. And then we can kind of begin to observe the changes in the seasons. So this year, our blueberries fruited May 1st we were eating blueberries off our plants. That's a lot earlier than the previous year. And so we can see trends year after year. So that's why I ask my students to include dates in their nature journal as we make observations, because then we can see how that changes year after year. Does that make sense? Okay, so a couple of resources for formal nature study. We have uh, the Handbook of Nature Study blog by Barb McCoy. This is excellent. Not only the Handbook of Nature Study book, but she partners it with Nature Studies for you. I think there's a membership side where you can get uh, more detailed Nature Study books and stuff like that. So that's a good resource for you if you want Nature Study planned out for you and ready to go. There's also the Nature Explorer books by Cindy West at Our Journey Westward. Those are also nature study resources where you've got a little bit of a nature study planned out for you. And then we have uh, Insta Science. It's kind of a digital nature study that I share on ElementalBlogging.com. So those are three resources that you can look to to help you plan out your formal nature study. So if you don't want to use formal nature study that's planned out and You know, you have specific topics, you're looking for specific things, you're doing that nature walk, you're doing that nature journal. What about the other option, informal nature study? So informal nature study can be the icing on your science cake. It can be that extra thing you add in. It may not be your main program or your main uh, vehicle for teaching science like formal nature study can be. Informal nature study is more of an addition to your regular plan. And this is because it's spontaneous usually. So it's seeing something on a regular walk or while playing outside and then stopping to observe it. So we're outside playing in our backyard and we see a pine cone that's fallen from the tree that's opened up and we go over and we observe it. We see the scales of the pine cone. We observe how hard it is. We look up in the tree to see where it fell from. Uh, We can try to identify that tree if we want to, or we can take the pine cone and stick it in some water and have the scales close up it can be uh, more complicated, we can do more things, or it can just be very simple. And typically, informal nature study is very simple. It's about following rabbit trails. Like literally, we see the impression of a rabbit's footprint and we follow the rabbit trail. So that's what informal nature study is about. It's a chance for us to observe and discuss the environment that's around us every day. And still, again, In informal nature study, we're probably going to say, I don't know, let's look it up a lot more often than formal nature study because we haven't prepared ourselves for it. And that's totally fine. The whole point of informal nature study is to stop and learn. So instead of the stop, drop and roll, we're stop, look and listen. Okay. So we're stopping, we're looking around, and we're listening for anything in nature that we find interesting. So you can be outside with your kids or on a walk with your kids and let's say, all right, stop, look, and listen. And then we can find something to observe for an informal nature study. It may take 30 seconds. It may take five or 10 minutes because we find something that we want to follow and learn more about. And this way of learning about science becomes very meaningful because it's in the context of real life. So I like to call informal nature study, a mini science class on the fly. So you're teaching about the topics or the principles in science as they present themselves. Okay, does that make sense? So formal nature study is planned out, you're preparing for it, you go on the nature walk, you have a nature journal. Informal nature study happens within the context of your life when you're playing outside or walking or whatever, you find something, you learn more about it, okay? So where does nature study fit in? So we've got these two options and we see the benefits of nature study, but how does it fit into our homeschool science plan? Or how can we fit nature study into our homeschool science plan? Really, there's three main options of how to incorporate nature study into our plan. And what you choose to do really depends upon your goals for teaching science, uh, the ages of your students, things like that. So first of all, our first option is that nature study can be the core of our plan. So in this case, we're using formal nature study, and we're using that as the main vehicle for teaching science to our kids. So we're not planning extra experiments and things like that. We're just using nature study as our main part. And how is this possible? Well, so you must have these three things when you're teaching science. The first is some kind of hands-on, whether that is experiments, demonstrations, nature study, but some kind of chance for your students to see science face to face. And the second thing you need is you need to gather information. So your students need to either read about science, uh, watch videos about science, observe and learn about science, have discussions or lectures about science, but they need to gather information about science. And then they need to keep a record of that. So they need to do some kind of written work because that will help them to remember what they've learned in the hands-on and in the information gathering, what they've learned from those two keys. The third key of keeping a record will help to solidify that. So we need to have those three keys in any plan for homeschool science. Let's take a look at how nature study can do that. So first of all, the hands-on aspect well we have our nature walk our walk with purpose in our formal nature study we're doing that nature walk where we're encountering science face to face Uh, so we're studying amphibians and we go out and look for uh, frogs and we see this frog on the side of our building or on the side of our garage and we notice how he is able to stay on the side of the tree or on the side of the garage or whatever wherever we find him, we do some observations about our frog and we learn about amphibians through observing them in their natural environment. Okay? And we see him hands on, we see that face to face. And then secondly, we're gathering information. So How are we gathering that information? Well, we're looking in field guides. We're doing more research. We're having a discussion about this. We're making observations about our frog. There are lots of ways we can gather information when it comes to nature study. As far as field guides go, I really like the uh, Peterson and the Audubon field guides. Those are great ones to get. Having them on hand, you know, if you know that you're going to be studying a certain topic, like you're going to be spending 12 weeks on birds, then I would get a field guide for your area to take with you when you do your nature walks. That way you can look up the birds you find right then and there. Okay, so that's way... You can get that information in the field, or you can come back and learn more about it when you get back to your house. And then the third aspect, so we have our hands-on nature walk. We have gathering information from our observations and our discussions, and we can keep a record. And our record is our nature journal. So our kids are taking pictures of what they've seen or drawing sketches of what they've seen. And then they're writing down one or two facts of their personal observations of what they learned about whatever topic we found. Okay. So does this make sense with a formal nature study? You have those three keys. You have the hands-on aspect, you have information and you have a keeping a record, you have those three keys. So formal nature study can act as the core of your science plan. Our second option for adding nature study to our homeschool plans is to have it as the icing on the cake. And this can be formal planned out nature study, or it could be informal nature study on the fly. So when you use nature study as the icing on your cake, you keep your current science program. So if you like what you're doing with science, or you want a more structured science plan, you can keep that and then add in nature study one day a week. You can do that as a formal nature study. So you can plan a topic that coordinates with whatever you're learning in your core science plan. And you can go look that for that topic in nature study, or you can just do an informal nature walk and learn what you learn. So we like to, this is the option that we use for nature study, and we incorporate nature study on what we call Friday Fun Day. We take one day a week and we kind of scale back on what our plans are. So I don't do science or history on those days. We're just doing basically reading and math. And then we have a trip to the library. We do our nature study. We do our art and music. And it makes for a fun day for our kids. Uh, So we call that Friday Fun Day. And that's how we fit nature study into the icing of our cake. And then finally, your third option for adding nature study into your homeschool science plans is what I call the occasional treat. So we can have it be the core of our plans, we can have it be the icing on our cake, or we can have it as the occasional treat. And basically, when you use nature study as the occasional treat, we just fit it in wherever we can. So this is really your informal nature study where you are taking advantage of what you're seeing so you study nature as it presents itself when you have time so for instance it's a nice day and we are outside in the backyard Uh, playing soccer. And I look up and I notice the clouds are really awesome that day. So I say, hey kids, look up, look at these clouds. And we take a few minutes to uh, observe the clouds we see, to talk about the different types of clouds, whether we look that up or whether I share that information with the kids, either way is fine and we just discuss what we see and then we go back to playing and that's how uh, nature study can be uh, the occasional treat so it's not really planned out it's just something you do as a part of life and when you add nature study in this way there's endless possibilities you're only limited by what you see does that make sense so now that we've kind of talked about what formal and informal nature study are and how we can fit those in those two options into our plans for homeschool science, let's answer the number one question I get about nature study, and that's, is nature study enough? Your nature study can be structured and planned out, or it can be on the fly. Either way, nature study will help to awaken the scientific side of your children's brains. Next week, we'll join the final part of this session, where we'll chat about whether nature study is enough. And I'll share five tips to help you succeed with your plans for nature study. In the meantime, we've added links to several more tips and tools for nature study to the page for this session, which you can find at elementalscience.com blogs podcast 45. That's elementalscience.com blogs with an S slash podcast, slash this episode's number, which is 45. If you still have questions, go ahead and leave a comment over there. If you've enjoyed this peek into our conference vaults, would you take a moment to leave a review or a rating for the Tips for Homeschool Science Show? I would really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great week playing with science. This peek inside our conference vaults has been sponsored by Elemental Science. At Elemental Science, our mission is to help educators just like you share the wonders of science with your students. Our lines of award-winning, easy-to-use programs have helped thousands teach science. Visit ElementalScience.com to see how we can give you the plans you need for science.